0: Welcome to another mother runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shay. I'm joined once again by Tish Hamilton. Hello, Tish. Hi, Sarah. Good to be here. Good to have you here. So, uh, so I had kind of an extendo spring break. I might've mentioned that, uh, my, uh, my BFF, uh, Chocley, with an unusual first name, she and her daughter Tallulah, they live in Brooklyn. She's the one who, Tish, have you ever seen our Brantham, the AMR video that kind of tells like what AMR is all about? Have we ever sent you that? If not, I need to. No. Yeah. Okay. That's so anything. I will, I'll include a link to it in the, uh, in the, um, show notes. She, so Chocolate is many things. We know each other from walking magazine, uh, way back in the day. She was a, uh, she's a graphic designer, but she's also a documentary filmmaker. And so she loves to have subjects that she can kind of dial in and find out what they're all about. So she made a brand them a brand anthem video about AMR last year. And um, so anyway, so she and her daughter come out every spring break. This is the sixth spring break in a row that they have come out from Brooklyn to stay with us for their spring break. Um, She is an only parent and we just have the best time. Um, That is so
1: cool. How old is her daughter?
0: So her uh, daughter is the same age as Phoebe, my older daughter. Uh, They're about eight months apart. And they are just great friends. And Tulula also adores the twins. She and John really actually have quite a bond. They joke that they'll either be roommates in New York City one day or travel Europe together and... Um so um so um so anyway so they come out and then every year I splurge and take us away for a night to a different part of Oregon um just um Charlie and me and the kids and Jack stays home and holds down the home front and um so we went to this place called Enchanted Forest that is just the goofiest most wonderful homespun and Alex is totally like smiling with such There's a wonderful a like knowing look on his face it's about an hour south of here and And it is run by this one family, and it was one man's vision. And it is this magical, enchanted... Forest, uh that is like a an amusement park kind of but they very they have very few rides, but it's all built onto this hillside right off of I five, the major, you know, freeway that goes down the west coast uh and um it is just it has it's like a storybook land. So there's all these attractions that are built into the, you know, amidst the moss-covered trees. And, you know, so there's Alice in Wonderland, there is the uh, mine, this huge mine thing that is like where the seven dwarves went off to work. And it's just like lights and features and it's all made out of cement and it is just kooky, kooky, kooky. Uh, so
1: <laughs> that sounds, that sounds really awesome, Sarah. And, and I love this idea that your, um, best friend comes out, uh, year after year, uh-huh. um, to, to, to visit you. And I want to, um, I, I thank you on behalf of all single mothers everywhere. <laughs> I, you know, you were telling me that she came out and, and um, I was thinking about to my own, you know, I had my own unexpected divorce mm-hmm. when my daughter was in first grade and my friend's totally saved me i had a triathlete friend who who invited me up to her house in lake placid Mm. to ski and then to go back in the summer to swim Uh and i had a that's Lori and my friend yashane a runner who uh invited me to come down to the beach for a week and travel with Internationally for a week, so you know their my friends and their kids really saved us. So I love this idea that that you have a friend who comes back year after year to Portland.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I it's cool. it's just a special time. I also think it's special for kids to see their mothers as hu- or their parents as humans who, you know, get kind of bawdy at times, you know, laugh a lot, you know, um, just really bond with someone and that, you know, it's not just, I'm not just this person who works and runs and cooks dinner, you know, but I mean... I don't. I mean, my kids just kind of sometimes look at me because and I can just almost fall to the floor laughing over things. So right. you're,
1: you're, you're more than just a mom machine.
0: <laughs> I am more than just a mom machine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I'm sad that was over. They were here from Tuesday evening until Super Duper early Monday, and I, oh, I miss them so much now. So, yeah. um, but. Yeah, and we get to see them. Then um, typically they come out to visit us when I go to my parents' house in Connecticut. They you know take a day trip out there, and we are actually debating going in and spending the night in Brooklyn with them. So um, for all, oh, for you all, totally should do that. Yeah, for all the t- it's it's sort of embarrassing for all the times my kids have been to um, Southern Connecticut. They've never been into the city. Um, okay. So- so yeah, you
1: gotta it, do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, there's this mother runner, Michelle, who um, lives in Rhode Island, and she, I remember last year, she took her three boys into New York for a couple days, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I could do that. <laughs> yeah, just...
1: I, you know, we, we live just uh, about an hour, you know, a little over an hour train ride outside of New York, and we've even gone in and stayed in a hotel overnight yeah. over yeah. spring
0: break. <laughs> Because <laughs> it is different when you have a home base, you know, yeah. th- that it, 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 you know, if nothing else, you have someplace to go to the bathroom, you know, <laughs> like, put your bags down, you know, take a load off your feet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, We had a lot of fun.
1: We, we stayed in this really cool, um, tiny boutique hotel on the Lower East Side and just, you uh-huh. know, you just get to feel like you live in New York for a couple of days and then right. you don't
0: have to. <laughs> Right <laughs> <Back home. laughs> and and walk barefoot over grass and, right. yeah. <laughs> um so i say you and i um start talking about amongst each other just the two of us about what our topic is which is uh the rest of the show is all about the venerable boston marathon which is happening for the 122nd time on monday april 16 Uh, we're going to be joined one after another by four mother runners all of whom are taking part in the event in one way or another but um you and I have both been to Boston. We've had our own adventures and we've um, seen each other there. We, I, I remember our brunch that we had the day before the 2012 Boston Marathon when it was so bleeping hot. And um, yes, yeah. yeah, and since you worked for Runners World all the time, you had the luxury of knowing that you would be back the next year. And so you were able to defer your entry that year. And I'm like, nope, I'm here from the West Coast. I got here. I got to run it. <laughs>
1: Well um just for the record, uh my deferring had nothing to do with where I worked. Oh um it, it may have it may have something to do with where I live and that it's easier to drive up there for sure. Right, sure. Than, than that's true. It.
0: Yeah.
1: Um but but um deferral was offered to anyone oh, who yeah. wanted to to take a pass and, and I did go back the following year, but I also did requalify to go back.
0: Okay, gotcha, just gotcha. For the just for the record. Yeah, and I also meant that um, I didn't mean to cause confusion by that. I meant that, you know, you were pretty certain that your work would once again plant you in Boston for that weekend. Um, whereas I was like, yeah, no, it cost me a whole bunch of money and time to get here. So um, so I just had to take what, what Mother Nature doled out to me. Um, but y- and it, you.
1: It was surely was a hot it year. It was, it
0: was. But so you have. Started thirteen Boston marathons. That is, my running hat is off to you, Tish Hamilton.
1: Well, thank you. How many times have you run Boston, Sarah? About
0: twice. Yeah.
1: All right. Yeah. Uh, and you came. You the second time you ran was not as hot. I hope it.
0: It was not as hot. It was twenty sixteen. It was still overly warm. Um, yeah. yeah. You
1: know that that is definitely one of the challenges of Boston. It's pretty much always on the warmer side,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. except when it's like cold and rainy which it looks like it might be this year <laughs>
1: i don't I'm not, i don't think it's it's not going to be i mean it's not cold right mm-hmm. so um alex hutchinson our uh previous yes. guest on your podcast mm-hmm. um, has cited research that says that 43 degrees is actually the perfect marathon temperature oh. and um it's never that chilly in boston mm-hmm. uh and definitely gonna f- not be pleasant if it's pouring rain all day yeah. um but not not freezing yeah,
0: cold. Yeah, yeah. So what is what is kind of your favorite Boston Marathon memory, Tish?
1: My favorite Boston Marathon memory? Holy crow. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Buy yourself some time and repeat the question.
1: <laughs> I have no idea. What's your favorite Boston Marathon memory?
0: Go uh, running down Boylston Street the first time. It just... I mean, that's the finish shoot, so to speak. It's the I don't know what what do you think that is a tenth of a mile down Boylston Street maybe
1: oh it's longer it's it's you pass the twenty six mile mark while you're on Boylston oh okay,
0: all right, okay, and yeah. just i mean the just the throngs of spectators and the the noise and the energy and the oh my goodness the you know and and you can't see it before you get there because you've turned. Um, made that you know kind of last zig and then zag and oh my goodness I just was elated and just it was it had been so hot that year and I just you know took my energy and and you know windmilled my arms to whip up the crowd and you know I mean it felt like th- people were like oh okay yeah we'll che-, you know we've been cheering for a while but we'll cheer for this crazy lady <laughs> that's,
1: that's so fun yeah uh, you know I've, I've run it I have run it um been in it 13 times but it's been over a long period of years mm-hmm. my so my first Boston was in uh 93 oh. uh, I know it's like 100 years ago I'm dating <laughs> myself um you were a mere child back I, then
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah right it's amazing they let a seven-year-old in um, <laughs> um uh so and, and I've run in all kinds of conditions although not not pouring rain sorry guys uh-huh. um and and never, never very cold, but, uh, you know, over the years I've run with different friends and, um, in different, uh, stages of fitness, uh-huh. right. Uh-huh. <laughs> and in the first few years, if you can believe this, it was before, um, before chip timing. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. And they had one mass start at noon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because I was someone who always, you know, just barely qualified, I was always in the way, way, way back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it took a good long while to get across the start line and you just, your time was your time. You know, (laughs) it was just a, it it was a gun time. It wasn't a chip time. So if it took you ten or 15 minutes to get over the start line, oh, well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, well, one other memory that jumps out for me was in that same, the uh, 2012 one, um, I'm completely blanking on the names of um, the father's son who he um, pushes his son, his adult. Yeah. Um, what is it? Hoyts. Hoyts. Thank you. Team Hoyt. Hoyt, yes. And so I was um, maybe on the second Newton Hill and yeah. uh, maybe even the, th- I don't know, it might have been Heartbreak and I saw them right at the, at the base And I ended up passing them because I was not pushing a, um, adult in a, um, you know, specially modified, um, stroller. (laughs) Um, and oh my gosh, and the crowd just went crazy for it. And I just burst into tears. I mean, it was so moving to see him and to see the two of them. Oh, the dedication between that father and son is just a beautiful, beautiful thing to see.
1: Yeah, and you know, um, you, you were able to pass him then, but for many, many years he was running um, marathons in the three-hour range. Oh, I know. Yeah, uh, which is just astonishing.
0: Oh, I know because because Boston made him qualify. He didn't get any special pass. Um, right. So yeah, that's right. I mean, oh my goodness. So um, yeah, so that was that was really um, a standout memory. So um, yeah, 2016 was just a kind of a hot blur of race. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so uh, so you're not going to be um spectating you're not going up to boston to watch are you
1: no i'm not but i'll be watching on tv right. i was there in 2016 also actually now that you <laughs> mentioned it i had to look at my notes i can't remember
0: anymore <laughs> so you you ran it that year do you do you remember how well oh, long- it
1: was I, I do remember. It's very memorable. It's probably my worst Boston oh. memory. <laughs> it was so, it was so bleep and hot, yeah. right? Yep. I, I was, it was one of my slowest marathons ever. Mm-hmm. Um. I had, I had, you know, I had been sick with bronchitis, nothing, oh. you know, earth shattering, but it had taken, you know, weeks away from training. And oh, I had just come back and oh, went ahead and finished, but it wasn't fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, um, I really liked it because the wind Shifted about for me halfway through, and so there was a um, what I felt was a gentle breeze coming from the the coast, and so that yeah. sort of cooled things down. But it was so funny, you know, here I am, five eleven. I don't know at the time I was close to 170 and uh um and so i was very much appreciative of the breeze and i've since met i've met this just little slip of a runner and she was like oh the second half of that race was so windy oh i just had to push through it the whole time and i'm like oh okay i really didn't notice that it was a detriment
1: <laughs> yeah you know you didn't you probably didn't notice there were a bunch of people drafting behind you
0: too. <laughs> right get behind the big girl go look <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I forgot that I can watch it. I am the timing of it is is not great out here on the West Coast. It is. Oh, that's right. You know, as a mom, you know that like I'm yeah, I'm getting really early. Yeah, I'm getting. You know, I guess I could like prop my computer up in the kitchen. We don't have a, a TV in the kitchen. Um and you know, so, and, and oftentimes out here, it's not really, it's not on real TV. So you do have to only watch it online. And so I'm making lunches, I'm driving carpool, you know, it's, it's Monday. So I got to go to the supermarket after I drop the kids off. And so then I get home and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, well, I guess I missed all the fasties running it. So, um, yeah.
1: Well, you know, a really fun thing to do is to, to follow along on Twitter. Mm. Um, and, and, the commentary—it's really exciting. I've actually air quote watched the New York City Marathon that way, sitting in the um, Shoprite parking lot at our local grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> we had to go grocery shopping, but that was so exciting when Shalane Flanagan was winning, and I just refresh, 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 refresh. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh!
0: Wow, wow. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, Tish, well, let's move on to our guests, some other ladies. So our first Boston Marathon guest is Jessie Blondin, a Canadian mother runner of two who is returning to run Boston after running the race last year. And this year, Jessie is running with her best running friend. Welcome, Jessie. Hi,
2: Sarah and Tish. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us.
0: So so for starters, let's talk about your kids for a sec. How old are they? And um, word on the street is your daughter uh, will turn another year older while you're in Boston for the race. She will. So my
2: daughter will be turning seven on Sunday before Marathon Monday. Uh-huh. So unfortunately, this means just about every year her birthday falls on Marathon weekend. And then I have a son who's almost
0: four. Oh, my goodness. So... So not great, not great birthing timing on your part in terms of for Boston. I wasn't thinking
2: that far ahead. Yeah.
0: Where are your priorities, Jesse? Come on.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so Jesse, you're going back to Boston. You ran it last year. Can you tell us about your evolution
2: as a runner? Sure. So I've been running for about a decade, and when I ran my first marathon in 2007, and I ran at that time 4:15. So Boston qualifying for Boston seemed like a very far away goal but bit by bit I chipped away and it started to get closer and just as I was feeling like it was in uh, within reach they reduced the uh, qualifying times mm. again so it seemed mm. further away but after 10 years and six marathons I qualified for the first time in 2016 to run last year's Boston Marathon in 2017 so it was really uh You know, a goal that had been 10 years in the making and the experience that I had last year more than met my expectations. It really, it really was a dream come true. And I'm super excited to go back again this year.
1: Cool. Now, so Sarah tells me you. Uh, log your miles running to and from work. So what do you do and how is that possible?
2: (laughs) Yeah. So before I had kids and when I only had one kid, I used to wake up early and and run before my day started. But when I had two kids and I returned to work, my kids started waking up really early. So it wasn't possible for me to get out, do a run and get back before they'd wake up at, you know, five or five thirty in the morning. So I started combining my commute to work with running. So what I do is everyone's always curious about the logistics. Uh, One day a week, I drive into the office and I bring five lunches for the week, five sets of snacks and five changes of clothes, which I then stash in my office. And then most days, the rest of the week, I run to and from work. So I, I found that it's worked really well in terms of being able to combine, you know, something that I want to do with something that I have to do anyway and as well, it's a really nice sort of mental break between, you know, the chaos of the morning routine and then settling into work. And then again, the transition back home.
1: Yeah, that's that's genius. So um, how far of a run is it to your office? It's about seven and a half kilometers.
2: So not quite eight, uh, five miles. Wow. That's so cool. And what kind of work do you do? I work for the federal government.
0: Wow. Awesome. I love that solution. That's really cool. And do you run the same route to and from? I.
2: I pretty much do. Um, I don't actually take the most direct route, which sort of Mm -hmm. goes through a lot of, you know, traffic sort of downtown areas. Instead, Mm -hmm. we have a great um, multi-use path here that goes along um, the canal that we have. So I try and maximize that as much as possible because it's much more relaxing, more scenic. Mm -hmm. And then I hop onto another um, bike path that sort of runs parallel to a commuter train that we have so I mostly take that route just because it uh, it minimizes the traffic signals Mm -hmm. uh, which makes it a bit faster but it also uh, gets out of the traffic and uh, and sort of the hustle and bustle Mm -hmm.
0: so then and if you have to let's say your training plan I don't know calls for you know speed work or something like that do you do it on the way to work or the way home from work
2: Yeah. So I do, um, during the winter, I do do one training session a week at an indoor track uh, with a racing team that I train with. Mm -hmm. But when I have to fit in a tempo work or an interval work, I combine it usually with my morning commute. So I'm nice and fresh. Mm -hmm. And so I warm up till I get onto the path and then I do the workout as I go. um, And then try and cool down as I get to the office. Mm -hmm. And I've also been known sometimes to add in a long run. Maybe if I have weekend plans, I'll do a long run before work on Friday. So I'll add on some mileage and then do my regular commute into the office.
0: Wow. Wow. And I promise we'll move on to other topics, but I do have to ask, like, <laughs> how, how often do you bail and be like, you know, take public transportation home, you know, get a ride from somebody? Like, or, or is it like, nope, always to and from?
2: It's pretty much always to and from. Um, We've had this, so living in Canada, we have had a rough winter here and there's Mm -hmm. been a few days where we've gotten freezing rain or, or snow falling through the day. And I've sort of been watching the weather and, and, you know, there's been a couple times where I've had to leave early to avoid a really bad, you know, flash freeze, but otherwise, you know, once I'm at work, I need to get home. So I just put on the shoes and, and head out.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness. And you wear a diff. so you, you wear a different outfit home then you like you don't just i wear
2: wear the same outfit so i have a coat rack in my office where i hang my clothes during the day Uh and apologize profusely to my colleagues
1: (laughs) 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 yeah i'm also impressed with the the organizational ability to to get five lunches and five snacks i mean i would work my way through that in a day or two i mean
0: okay.
2: Honestly, the, the logistics are the are the hardest part and it's taken, I've been doing it for about three years now and so I've sort of refined a system and in fact, now I find it easier because I'm not packing my lunch every day. I only have to think right. about it on Sunday nights and I, so I don't have to think about my clothes in the morning. I don't think about what I'm going to eat. It's all packed. It's done once and then it's ready to go.
0: Wow, but also, I mean, I think about, yeah, I haven't worked in an office in a million years, but I think about, you know, the whole... Um, logistics of a the office refrigerator and people like raiding your stuff. And so, do you ever get by like Wednesday? Someone's eaten the nice pasta salad you made for your lunch, and someone else, you know, has scarfed up the turkey sandwich. I, well, Sarah, I haven't had
1: that problem government
0: so government. far. <laughs> she works with the Canadian government, of course That's not. True. They they yeah. they had more things. They bring stuff in for you. And it's free. Yeah,
2: no, my, I do take up on Monday, it is about half a shelf that I take up. So I'm sure I get some side eye from people who are also trying to find space for their lunches in the fridge or freezer. Uh-huh.
0: You need to work for a um, startup, you know, like a dot a com, because then all the food would be there and free, you know, so, yes, you know, I, I have thought that before. Mm-hmm. I mean, please. I mean, it's kind bars as far as the eye can see, you know, so, and sun exactly. chips. <laughs> so, um, so, all right. So you mentioned the team that you run with, tell us a little bit more about that.
2: Sure. So for the last two years, I've been running with a group here called the OAC racing team and it's a women's running team made up of women of all ages. So we have people who are recent, uh, graduates from university um, running programs all the way up through some really experienced and advanced master's runners. So we mm. train together, um, a couple of times a week, we do some indoor speed work at the track, which lets us get a really quality workout in, even when it's icy and snowy outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people often get together for other workouts throughout the week. So it's been a great addition to my training, having people to push me in those workouts and support each other. Um, even though we're, you know, we vary in speed, it's been a really, uh, really positive experience. And are you traveling to Boston with a friend from that team? No. So I'm traveling to Boston with my best running friend, Allison. So she's a fellow mother runner. I've mm-hmm. known her for, you know, over 10 years and our kids have are similar age and have grown up together. And so she's the person who I do all my long runs with on Saturday morning. So we get up very early on Saturday mornings and we meet halfway between our houses to do our long runs. And and we know that we need to finish early because we've got to get back to get our kids off to musical theater or sport classes, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we're at this time, she ran it in tw- Boston in 2016 and I ran it in 2017. And then in 2016 in the fall, we both qualified for this upcoming Boston. So we're going to be traveling together and, uh, and having a great time. Mm. Yeah, that's,
1: that's so much fun. It's so much fun to experience it with a friend and, um, I'm curious, are you gonna actually run together or are you gonna be doing your own races?
2: I think we're gonna be doing our own races. We did the race that we qualified um, together. We started together and then we separated about halfway, but we both have different goals for this race. So I think we're going to, um, to go separately. I think that's a smart move. <laughs> and, and so what, 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 what is your goal? Yeah, so I, I've, I feel like I've trained to set a personal best. Um, we'll see what the conditions are on the day. So I'd like to be under uh, three and a half hours. But, you know, with the, the rain being forecast right now and the wind, it, it's sort of hard to say what the day will play. But mostly I just want to have a strong race and, and really enjoy the experience again. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And how about Allison? What's her goal?
2: Uh, I think she wants to come in somewhere around 345.
0: Okay. Okay. Because what, what was uh, your all's qualifying time? Like, what did you have to so, be? So, uh,
2: she's a little bit older than me. So, mm-hmm. I think she—I ran three thirty-three to qualify for this one, and mm-hmm. I think she ran around three mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Well, for yeah,
2: um, age has its advantage.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> so, uh, it looks like yoga is an important part of your training.
2: It is. I've recently been able to incorporate more cross training and yoga into my training. I think, you know, in the past, I really thought I had to be doing 90 minute long yoga classes or, you know, an hour at the gym to do cross training. And over the last year, I've really embraced this idea that something is better than nothing. So Mm -hmm. I use online videos through the site Jazz Yoga. Some people might have heard of and they have videos that range from five minutes to 35 minutes. And so I can try and do those. I fit them in at different parts of the day, whether that's, well, my my making breakfast for my kids or um, after they've gone to bed, I fit in a few minutes of yoga. And the same thing with strength training, whether it's 10 minutes during my lunch break or a couple of minutes after a run. And I found those little bits really add up. And they've Mm -hmm. helped to keep me healthy with the mileage and uh, getting me to the starting line in good shape. Nice,
0: nice. So no no yoga in the in the office you know after you get there after your your almost five mile run there.
2: Well, I'm really lucky that I actually have a gym here, so oh. I am able to do some stretching or some yoga if I need to after I get here, unless I have a meeting starting as soon as I arrive.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's an important question that people might be wondering: Do you take a shower then before the workday?
2: I usually do. So as I said, I'm lucky enough to have a shower, so when I have time. I, um, I do take a shower, but sometimes uh, if my husband's traveling for work, for example, I'm very crunched for time in the morning. And so I have a little mm-hmm. trick. It's called the pre-shower. So what nice. I actually do is I take a shower before I leave the house for my run. and So my hair is still wet. And then when mm-hmm. I arrive to work, I haven't sweat too much and I can sort of brush the hair up and, uh, and just put on a change of clothes and I'm good for the day.
0: <laughs> um, but does that even work in the summertime?
2: It's not as good in the summer. More effective yeah. in the winter. Yeah. But in yes. the in the morning, you don't. It's not as warm. Um. Okay. Definitely by the end of the day, I I am sweaty.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Because these
1: this are the, the benefit the benefit of living in Canada. Exactly. Right. You don't have as much yeah. warm time to deal with.
0: <laughs> you get free health care, and you don't sweat as much when you work out. It's great. great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's win
1: <win-win>. win. <laughs>
0: well jesse we will be thinking about you on monday have a great race thank you so much take care our next guest is suzanne adams she's run the boston marathon twice but this year she's volunteering at the information booth at the expo instead of running in addition she helps coordinate a team of charity runners thanks for joining us suzanne thanks for having me so tell us about your family and um whether you work outside the home or not so
3: I, um, I'm a mom of two young boys. I have a five and a half year old son and a 22 year old month son. Mm-hmm. Um, I do work full time. I am the director of development communications for Spaulding Rehab Hospital in Boston.
1: Cool. Um, so Suzanne, you have run Boston twice, right?
3: I have. I ran in 2009 um, for Spaulding Rehab Hospital. The first time I ran actually was on a dare from a friend of mine. Uh, <laughs> I had never really run more than three miles prior. Um, and we were sort of that post-college trying to figure out how to get back in shape mentality. And so we ran a 5K and she and I one day were sitting actually on the beach one summer and she said, you know, what about ever running a marathon? And I said, you're crazy. And then she applied to be a member of Spalding's team. And on her application, it said she's training with Suzanne, you know, training with me. (laughs) And so my my coworkers came in and they said, you know, Sarah's application came through and it says she's training with you. And I said, oh, really? That's funny. (laughs) And so, you know, I applied and put my application in and, you know, my – colleague at the time came into my office and she said, I don't know if this is congratulations or good luck, um, but you know, (laughs) welcome to the team. And so, you know, I started training. So it was the first, uh, Boston was my first marathon. Um, and as I said, I ran uh, to fundraise for Spalding and then, um, we all obviously know about the events that happened in 2013, and um, as you mentioned, I helped to coordinate a charity team for Spalding, and our
4: mm-hmm. event
3: is at the Mandarin Oriental Hotel, so we were there waiting for our runners to finish Um my husband included. He was on the course at the time and uh, my parents actually volunteer at the finish line. And, um, you know, the bombs both went off. Uh, I was across the street from the second one and my husband was on Hereford Street, um, you know, and we sort of go through the motions of that day. And so, fast forward, uh, as I said, I work for Spalding Rehab Hospital, and we treated 32 of the most catastrophically injured survivors. And so when time came in September to really select our team, um, a few of us who had been at the Mandarin, and I actually swore I would never run Boston again, said, you know what, we need to do this. Yeah. So I did run again in 2014, um, and really used it as sort of um, to honor um, the survivors and everything and the care that they received at Spalding and all the patients that we we care for on an annual basis Um, Mm. yeah so I don't think I'll do it again but it comes up all the time somebody says you gotta you know but you know I, I like being on the other side now
0: so and when when you say you swore you would never run Boston again, you meant after two thousand nine, or do you mean after what you witnessed in twenty? After
3: two thousand nine, um, I said, you know, I, mm-hmm. Boston mm-hmm. is just its own beast. Um, you know, the training. <laughs> I live here in Boston. Um, the weather is unpredictable, as we all know, and the winters can be really tough. Um, and so I, you know, I wanted to really. I've run six other marathons um, in the fall, which is a great time to run a marathon. Um, and you know, I think it was one of those situations. I was sort of just checking it off my bucket list, um, but 2014 was really a special year to be out there on the course.
0: Wow! So, um, so you mentioned you were talking about Spalding Rehab, and and um, so I mean, how how do you feel that it does? How does that connection to the 2013 aftermath and and the ongoing treatment? I'm sure for, for many people, um, I mean, how how do you feel that kind of colors your the way you look at your training and the race itself.
3: Absolutely. Um, you know, I think Spalding and the Boston Marathon and the marathon survivors and the Boston Athletic Association will forever be tied um, because of those events. And, you know, those survivors, their, their perseverance is unbelievable. You know, many of them uh, come back to the hospital. Many of them are coming back to this hospital as we approach the five year anniversary, um, mm. you know, to come and visit and thank those caregivers and, you um, know, really show the spirit of the city and I think um, you know For Spaulding, we actually were also opening a brand new hospital at the time as well. Um, So actually 13 days following the marathon bombings, we actually opened a brand new facility. And some of the first patients at this facility were these marathon survivors. And so for us, um, you know, the marathon is a huge part of what we do. We now, back in 2013, we had 25 runners out on the course that day. And this year, um, and since then, our marathon team has grown exponentially. And so this year we'll have 77 runners. Out on the course. And, you know, they're set on course to raise about $600,000 for the hospital. And it's really amazing. Um, And I think, you know, it's sort of one of those situations that, um, you know, we all will remember where we were that day and, you know, we all look back, but to know how far those survivors have come and what they're doing now is just, it's really remarkable.
1: Suzanne, that's a really, uh, that is remarkable. It's a great story. Um, as it happens, uh, in 2013, I was right, um, where you were, uh, in front of the Mara, um, Mandarin hotel. I was on Boylston right behind the second bombs as well. Um, and running and, um, And, you know, obviously I left the course and, but I came back in 2014. And one thing I would say about being there in 2014, it was such a great experience. Like there were so many, you know, there's always terrific support at Boston, but there were so many people out there, you know, doing the whole Boston strong thing. And when we finished, we were walking through the hallway of the Prudential Center, going back to our hotel room and everybody was like cheering for us. It was just, it was like, so it was exponentially exciting and moving and, uh, you know, chill bumps kind of situation.
3: Absolutely. And it turns out, you know, 2014 was a picture-perfect weather day as well, uh, which is not in the cards it looks like right now. But, um, you know, so it was a beautiful sunny day. The The spectators were, you know, 10 deep that day from Hopkinton all the way down to Boston. I mean, you got into Kenmore Square and you, it was it was amazing. And so it's, it's true. And I think that momentum has continued. I think the, you know, the Boston marathon has always been really special to people who've, you know, grown up here. I grew up going with my parents and sitting at the top of Heartbreak Hill and all of that. But I think, you know, ever since 2000, the events of 2013, the marathon is just part of everything that goes on
1: here. Yeah, that's really cool. So are you, are you're volunteering this year? Are you volunteering with um, the, with your Spalding group?
3: Both, um, So I, you know, cause I have spare time, right?
1: <laughs>
3: um, so yes, yeah, so I, um, our team has been, you know, doing the 18 weeks trainings. We do training runs, we do socials, we do events. Um, so we'll have a big event on Sunday, pre-race event, kickoff event, and then a big event on uh, Monday back at the Mandarin Oriental Hotel. So I volunteer at the information table um, at the expo. And I got an email today earlier saying that about 19,000 thousand of the runners this year will run Boston for the first time so this will be completely new to them and so being from the city uh, I've been doing this for about three years um, it's it's nice to sort of pass on my knowledge about best restaurants to go to mm-hmm. how to navigate the tea um, you know where's the family meeting area so we answer questions I'll answer questions for about six hours straight I'll be there Friday morning wow. um, and uh, you know they say we may be one of the only you know contacts that they have and so we're we're sort of a, an extension of the staff because the staff for the Boston Athletic Association is very small. Mm-hmm. And so we answer a lot of questions about busing that morning, you know, um, any any sort of that burning question. We actually answer a lot of questions also for the family because the family tends to be a little bit nervous than the runner. <laughs> the runner knows what they're going to do. They're going to, you know, they're going to go to the common. They're going to take the bus. The bus is going to get them to Hopkinton, and they're going to run 26 <laughs> miles back, <laughs> The family, I sometimes want to give them my cell phone number and be like, it's going to be okay. Um, Because they, the questions they ask and, you know, and it's a point to point race. And so, you know, they try to say, well, can I see them on the course? Sure, if you're willing to navigate the train and let, you know, let me tell you exactly how to do that. But you and, you know. 40,000 other people are trying to do the exact same thing that day on the green line. Um, you know, can I get to the finish line? No, unfortunately you can't. This is how close you can get. Where's the best place to meet my family? You know, those sort of questions. Um, and so we spend a lot, I spend a, about six hours answering the same question over and over again. So so, so that pl-
1: sounds like an, uh, an endurance event in itself, an exhausting endurance <laughs> event. <laughs> it is. It
3: is, but I have to say it's so much fun um, because a like I said, most of these runners are coming to Boston for the first time and they're excited and they're nervous. Uh You know, they've either all qualified to run or they've raised a lot of money for charity. And so, you Mm -hmm. know, I always start with like, you know what, first of all, congratulations to even making it this far. And it's Mm -hmm. nice because I have, you know, I've run it myself as well. So I have sort of, I know what they're feeling. I know exactly what they're going through. Um, so it's, I can sort of try to calm their nerves.
0: So, and please tell me you don't send all the family members to the exact same spot. Like, I, I can see they're all going to be standing there. Oh, did, you, did Suzanne tell you to be here? Because there's way too many of us here. Like...
3: I, well, it's funny because there really is only a few locations that you can get to. And you always say, well, do you have a car? And they're like, no. And you're like, okay. And so I'm like, well, you're going to take the green line to the Woodland tea Stop. And so I always uh-huh. laugh. I'm like, someday I'm actually going to do this and see how many thousands of people are there.
0: <laughs> or just like give them, put, put it like stamp. On the back of their hand and then be like, Can I have a show of hands, please? Thank you. Yes, I all of you are here because of me. I sent
3: you all to the same spot. And it's not just me, it's all the other same volunteers. I listen to there's about ten of us that work the shifts at the same time and we all send them the exact same space. It's hysterical. So right, um, right. But yeah, I mean you try to give them the best vantage point and you know, my my it's it's amazing. Um like I was saying, because it's a point to point, and it's not, you know, you, so you really can only pick one spot unless you truly know the city and you know the ins and outs of the different communities. It's really hard to do it any other way. Couldn't
0: they also? They could take um, the commuter mm-hmm. line. Out to like Wellesley Farms yeah. and get to 16 from there. It's such a short walk.
3: Or there. Natick. Um, but <laughs> a lot of people don't like doing that because the trains don't run that often. And I knew they, oh, they yeah. do run more trains now than they used to that day. And so they like to be tied to the green line. And I always also laugh. I'm like, well, and, you know, because this is the city of Boston, we also have the Red Sox game at 11 a.m. that morning.
0: Yeah, and it's yeah, the same right. train
3: line. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, i think the commuter rail is the way to go because you know it's such an easy walk from the, i used to live right near the wellesley farms train station and it's so easy to get to 16 from there and it's such a pretty part of the course because we're near the woodlawn train station is it, to me in my mind it's just a big piece of asphalt uh, the course right there where you go over um yep, 90, yeah and there-
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's not as many people that, you know, out on that course, because, you know, it's mostly the, you know, because it's school oh. vacation week next week here. So it's mostly, you know, the families who live in around here. Um, and so, you know, that, like I said, it's, it's part of my tradition growing up. And so, you know, it tends to be a little less crowded earlier on in the course. But yeah, as soon as you get from like anywhere on the green right. line on is forget it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just... Even having lived in Boston, it never occurred to me that that's why it's so crowded around You know, near the hospital and stuff like that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, what are you most excited about for the weekend? And what are, do you have any concerns about the weekend?
3: Um, I, you know, I, I love marathon weekend in Boston, um, you know, to be able to be ingrained in it in so many parts, working with Spalding's team and working as a volunteer for the BAA and running it myself. You know, I love it. It's, you know, the excitement mm-hmm. has already started. It started a couple of weeks ago and, you know, the banners went up and you could start to see that buzz. Um, you know, I think the concern that runners are going to have this weekend and that even the spectators are going to have is the weather. Um, you know, the forecast mm-hmm. right now is rain and not just on Monday, but there's rain on mm-hmm. Sunday as well, which is you know, kind of does put a damper on things. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to change anything and people will still be out there. But, you know, there is that. And I think, you know, in the back of my head, I think, you know, I, I don't think it will, you know, ha- you know, I don't think it's anything would happen. But, you know, you always still kind of think in the back of your head, okay, sort of what's what are the other mm-hmm. safety concerns? I think they've put a lot of things in place since 2013. Mm-hmm. Um And, you know, but you always still sort of, you know, still have mm-hmm. to think. You never know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. sort of. Yeah but you know it's it's exciting it's an exciting time um you know the the anniversary of one Boston day, which has become sort of a day of service in the city, um, is wow. Sunday. And so there's a lot of events that surround that as well, um, because the anniversary was actually five years ago on, Sunday. And so we're involved in a lot of um, events that surround that as well. And I think it's a time, um, you know, to reflect and, and also to see how far, like I was talking about earlier, sort of how far these individuals have come. And, and um, you know, sort of just be part of everything that's going on.
0: So, so I have not heard of – you said it's w- called One Boston Day. I haven't heard of that. Could yeah. You, could we take a side journey and you tell us what that is?
3: Sure. So they started One Boston Day in 2014 as a way to sort of um, – uh, mm-hmm remember the anniversary. Um, And so they really um, look at it as a day of service. And so they ask people Mm -hmm. to sort of do a kind deed, you know, whether that's buy a cup of coffee for somebody, they encourage the runners to donate their old sneakers to different charities who will take those um, sneakers. There's um, a lot of different Mm -hmm. events. There's a lot of blood drives that go on in the city that day. Um, And so it's sort of just like a day to give back. Uh, A lot of the sports teams will visit the hospitals um, and visit the current patients who are, you know, at the different hospitals throughout Boston that day and do sort of um, different different good deeds and bring, you know, meals to um, the local firehouse or the uh, police department. So they sort of encourage everybody to sort of pay it forward and do a good deed on that day. And it's sort of a way um, to, you know, remember what happened back in two thir- 2013, but also for this, mm-hmm. uh, a way for the city to heal.
1: That's a really um, cool, positive mm-hmm. community effort, yeah, it really is. Um, so Suzanne, you've been volunteering at the expo for many years and, and I'm curious you said, you know, you were not gonna run it again and you did it in 2014 for the reason that you talked about but do you ever feel um wistful about when you're when you're telling people about how to navigate the course and how to spectate and where to go eat the of you know i kind of want to do the boston marathon again absolutely every year it comes up and um we did our long run with the team um, a
3: couple weeks ago out on the course and i actually ended up running some of the mileage with a couple of our team members just to sort of get out there and be part of it i and um as i'm running along there was that twinge in. you you. You know, and me being like, "Hmm, maybe I could do this again one day. And then I'm like, no. <laughs> um, and it's funny. I actually, you know, as I rewind back, my I've actually been volunteering with the BAA um, for even longer than the last three years. So the last three years, I've been doing the information table just because day of, I really need to be with the team and the events that go around that. But prior to that, I volunteered at the finish line and my parents actually volunteered just past uh, the finish line where uh, runners are getting their medals. Mm-hmm. And I volunteered with my parents there. And this was before I even even ran. So this was back in like 2006, 2007 you know, before I even consider running mm-hmm. <laughs> at dis- any distance, really. Um, and so I remember years ago saying to my mom, like, maybe one day I'll do this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's really funny. So since then, I've run, my sister's run, my brother has run, um, my husband, my brother-in-law. So it's sort of become this family affair um, to be out there. So we don't have any family members out on the course this year. We're trying to get my dad to do it oh, um, nice. maybe next year. Uh-huh. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the it's uh, it's been It's been been part of sort of my life for decades.
0: Nice. Nice. Well, you have, it sounds like you're going to have a really wonderful extended weekend and uh, we'll be thinking of you.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I wish all the runners the best of luck. Uh, You know, it's, it's the biggest thing you can say is, you know, just enjoy it regardless if it's going to rain or be hot and sunny just enjoy the experience. It's, Mm. it's really amazing.
0: It sure is. It sure is. The the support that Boston residents and Boston area residents show for the marathoners is really just spectacular and uplifting. It's fantastic. Yes. yeah awesome well thank you Suzanne thank you next up is Andrea Hennigan a mother of three in the Boston area she's running for the American Liver Foundation in honor of her dad who died of liver cancer two years ago uh, this is Andrea's seventh marathon but her first Boston and the first one she's running for charity it's great to have you on the podcast Andrea Thank you so much for having me. So three kids, um, how old are they? And uh, do you have a job outside of the home in addition to being a mom?
5: Yes, I have. um, My oldest child is Caroline. She's 11. And then I have a son, Cormac, who's nine. And my youngest daughter, Maraid, today is her sixth birthday.
0: Oh, very nice. Happy birthday, Maraid.
5: Thank you. And I do work outside the home. I'm a nurse. I'm a labor and delivery nurse. Excellent. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: And I trust that as these women are pushing, you're being like, yeah, and when you get back to running, look up this thing called Another Mother Runner, right?
5: <laughs> well, we do talk about, you know, it being like a marathon and not a sprint. So I should put in the Mother Runner yeah, d- you know. <laughs>
1: thing there. <laughs> we need to make like AMR
0: scrubs or something like that. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> so, Andrea, you have run um, – seventh marathons. This will be your seventh marathon, but your first Boston. Can you tell us about your running history and the other marathons you've run? Uh, Sure. So I ran um,
5: three marathons back in my early 20s. I ran my first one when I was a senior at Georgetown. I ran the Marine Corps Marathon and um, two others after I graduated from college. And then um, I kind of thought, you know, I was done with that, ran a bunch of 10Ks and halfs. And a few years ago, I reunited with a college friend of mine and ended up going back and running two more Marine Corps. And my last one was the Newport Marathon.
0: Nice. Nice. Um, So then tell us how you came to sign up to run Boston for a charity. And you must, must uh, humble brag about your fundraising success.
5: (laughs) Oh, thank you. Um, Well, my kids and I go and cheer for Boston Marathon runners. And um, I would see all the charity, you know, shirts, and I thought, gosh, I would really like to do that someday because, you know, I don't really think there's any way I could qualify for Boston. Kudos to the ladies who can, but that is really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was intimidated by the fundraising. The BAA requires that charities um, ask their runners to raise five thousand dollars, but many will ask you to raise more because um, they can. There's so many people who want to run. Um, and I was really intimidated by that. It's a lot of money. Uh, But when I started to see the American Liver Foundation bibs and my dad had just died from liver cancer, I thought, you know, that's a charity I could really get behind. Um, and then last summer, my oldest daughter wanted to raise money for a charity that would help, um, people who had what her grandfather had like the way you'll see kids um, doing lemonade stands and things like that. But she's very crafty. So she made keychains, key fobs, and sold them for $5 each. And at the end of the summer, she had raised $600 for the American <laughs> Liver Foundation. Wow.
0: That is, that, is, that is a lot of key fobs. Now, I have was- to ask. I have to ask. So if I could do the math, you know, so that is um, – that if if she only charged five bucks a piece, that would be twelve hundred key fobs. Please tell me that some people like were like, "Oh, here, honey, here's yeah. a twenty. Keep the change." Yeah, right?
1: Yeah, I think it was
5: like a hundred and eleven of them, and then some people threw in some extra. Okay, so it was a <laughs> but lot still going.
0: That is that is still a lot. But wow, <laughs> she must have just been like a little you know production house.
5: She was. She was like, you know, and she loved it. She loved keeping track of her orders. And oh. um, people donated a fabric to her and keeping oh. track of all that. Um, and then at the end of the summer, we went to uh, where the American Liver Foundation New England headquarters are to deliver her check. And I oh. thought, you know, it really feels good to raise money for this organization. So I decided to follow her lead and go ahead and apply to be on the marathon team. So oh. I you have to fill out like an online application and then have a phone interview and they select me to be on their team. I committed to raising, um, $7,500 and so far I've raised 10,900. Wow.
0: Wow. Wow. And, and I have to say that, so when you emailed, when I put out the call for having guests, you said that, um, you said that you had raised 9000 And so I'm so impressed that you continued pushing and have raised almost an additional 2000 on top of that. So really, my hat is off to you. That's fantastic.
1: Oh, thank you. It has felt so good to be able to raise this money for them. So, Andrea, um, I, I understand why raising that amount of money is, is intimidating. Like how, you know, I think to myself, well, how would I do that? So can you tell us about some of the ways that you, um, you did that? You raised the money.
5: Um, Sure. So I'm very lucky. I know some very kind and generous people. So I had a fundraising page and people um, made donations. I also had a raffle for tickets to a New England Patriots game. You know how um, people in New England love their sports teams. So Mm -hmm. I bought some tickets to a Patriots game that came with a tailgate package and a parking pass. And I sold them for $50 each and sold 100 tickets. So that was $5,000. Wow. And then I had a party at my house with Alice's table, which is kind of like a paint night, except it's flower arranging. So they lead you through step by step and you make this pretty arrangement. And some friends came to that. Um, that was really fun. And then Caroline made me some more key fobs, so though.
0: <laughs> yes, good. Good. I was waiting to see where those would come into the picture. Right. Very good. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, I think you need to send us a- do you have any pictures from the flower I'm a huge flower person I love flowers do you have any pictures of the uh, flower arranging yes I do oh you need to send those I think we might have to put those into the collage that okay. you know, we promote the podcast with.
5: <laughs> it's really fun I did it another time and um, and just learned a lot of like little tips and my flowers came out so pretty and so then I talked to the hostess about having the fundraising party
0: uh-huh nice 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 So, okay. So, so given that you're a local, has it felt different to be training for Boston than one of the six previous marathons you've trained for? Or has it felt different because of the, you know, I assume you you must think about your father a lot during your training?
5: Yes. You know, it has felt different in so many ways. And I think, I think part of it is being from the area and knowing the, you know, what Marathon Monday is all about here. And part of Mm -hmm. it is, that I've had the opportunity to train on the course, which the other ones that I ran, I I didn't really do that. Um, so to be really familiar with the course and those hills and everything, um, and then I have to say, being part of the uh, Liver Foundation team has has really made, been a, a different um, training experience. I I've loved training for marathons. I think for the reasons we all do, just working towards a goal and doing something for yourself and having some time um, to do something for yourself. Uh, But this team aspect has been a totally different experience. Everybody is just so supportive. And I think because we're doing it to raise money for this cause, most of us have a connection to liver disease or liver cancer. Um, There's so much support for both the running and just the personal support. Mm-hmm. That's really
1: cool. It takes the connection to a deeper level. Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I, I, you know, hear you saying that you were able to train on the course and, and I have to say that's like such an advantage because those hills, you know, if you just, if you just see them one time, you think, okay, they're not that bad, but if you're running them mm-hmm. at the end of a long run, it's a whole different story. Yes. I think,
5: um, I think where they come in the, in the race is the tricky part after all that downhill. And until I had the opportunity to, to practice on it, I don't think I really appreciated that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you hadn't, uh, before you started training for Boston, had you run much on the course or was this kind of your first? Foray no, this it? was,
5: this was, I, I used to live sort of near the end of the course. So I had seen that part before. Um, but they, this was my first time running, from Wellesley uh through the Hills and
0: Newton. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And uh so uh I hear that the weather kind of sucked hard out there this <laughs> year. Uh, <laughs> so so how did you handle training through the rough winter and um do you think winter will feel like it's over by Monday?
5: Um I it's kind of nice out today. I think maybe spring is coming. Um, and it was a, it was a cold winter at the beginning of January, and that did I did end up on the treadmill a few times there. Um, the snow we did have quite a bit of snow, but it melted fairly quickly. Um, so I've done most of my training outside. I grew up on Cape Cod, and I had I did do two of my long training runs down there because there wasn't oh. snow on the ground oh, when we had snow around Boston.
0: Oh, that's right. I have to ask where where in Cape Cod. Oh, Harwich. Oh, okay. You know, our, our uh, retreat this fall is in Falmouth. So yes. and I'm like, ooh, Cape Cod. Ooh, okay.
5: <laughs> yes. And, oh, the, um, the third marathon I ever ran was the Cape Cod one. I think that's what you're doing with the retreat. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're doing
0: uh, the, because the, now they broke, I don't know if it was always this way, but they have the half marathon on Saturday. So uh, all the retreat participants are doing that. And then the marathon and the marathon relay are on Sunday. So uh, Oh, that's great. I have to say um, (laughs) that it's funny you mentioned key fobs because every year at the retreat, this is a total side note, (laughs) that um, we we have a welcome gift for the attendees and and that's part of my job to think it up and everything. And I'm like, oh, I totally want to make key fobs that, and I would never, now I'm going to use that term, try to use it a couple times today at least, Um, uh, (laughs) that I want to do, you know, like the total preppy with the webbing and then like some, I don't know, like whale ribbon and all that, but have like another mother runner spin to it and all that stuff. So now I'm thinking like, Oh, I know, maybe I get maybe I get Caroline to make them for us because <laughs> <laughs> That's really cute. <laughs> because we we sell keychains in the Mother Runner store, but they're leather. And I asked our our supplier. I'm like, oh, could you do that? You know, I have this whole scheme, and she's like, yeah, we can't do that. No, yeah, no. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so I don't know. So I might be back in touch to talk. All right.
1: <laughs> so Andrea, as we're looking ahead to Monday. um, What what are you most excited about for the race? And also, what's your family's spectating plans?
5: Well, um, they're talking about a lot of rain right now. But, yeah, I'm trying to ignore all that (laughs) because, who knows, it can change, right? So I think that might might change sort of my family's um, where they're going to be. But they will definitely be at the finish line. And I'll be really excited to see them. So I can't wait for that. Um, And I think, you know, I'm just so excited just to have the, just to have the experience despite the, you know, the weather or despite how long it takes me or, or whatever, just to be running with the, um, in the last wave with all the charity runners who are running for all kinds of different causes. I think it's going to be very inspiring. Mm
1: -hmm. Will you go to the starting line with your group?
5: They do have um, a bus for my group. I plan to meet them at the starting line, but I'm going to take a bus with a running club that's really close to where I live. Um, It will allow me to get a little bit later start in the morning. Nice.
0: Oh, that's that's so funny because I was thinking like, oh, like, you know, I wonder what locals do for – Getting out to the start because you know you think like oh it's so awesome it's like you know an eleven eleven thirty start and that's like yeah but you gotta be at the commons at I don't know like seven, seven or yeah. seven thirty makes for makes for a long day yeah that'll be really different it's going to be a long day yeah it is also I find it intriguing about Boston that. Um, you know, when you're a runner of my speed, you finish, you know, kind of close, not you know, kind of early dinner time almost. And um, I just remember like looking at, you know, when I finally hobbled back to my hotel after the first time, and and it was starting to almost feel like the sun was starting to go down. I'm like, wait, what happened to the rest of the day? I don't understand. <laughs> right, I know.
5: I probably won't finish until around four o'clock. I would think I started eleven fifteen, uh-huh. so um, uh-huh. it'll be like dinner time. <laughs> I
0: know, I know. It's different. It's different post race fueling than yes. usual after a marathon. I mean, <laughs> There's no brunch at all. Yeah, and
1: honestly, uh, uh, um, you know, speaking seriously, it it does present the nutritional challenge the whole day, mm-hmm. like the before and because you're basically running through lunch hour. If you think about what, how much you've eaten mm-hmm. normally by the time four o'clock rolls around,
0: oh
1: for sure, and you know, oh, two snacks, and I'm already thinking about dinner. <laughs> Yeah,
5: I think that's that's definitely a challenge, and I've tried to, where all of my kids are in school now, I've tried to do some of my long runs, not that late, but, you know, late enough that I've been up for a few hours, gotten them off to school and everything, so I can kind of practice eating beforehand, because it, it is really different. That's
0: so smart. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is because because then it's like, okay, well, should I eat breakfast and then second breakfast, you know, pretend I'm a hobbit? Like, oh what God. should I be doing? <laughs> um, well, thank you, Andrea. We have enjoyed talking with you and we'll be thinking about you on Monday. Oh, great. Thank you so much. Last but not least is Carrie Cosno, who will be running her first Boston Marathon on Monday. This mother of one and a teacher in South Carolina was a self-described middle-of-the-pack runner until after her 40th birthday when she started incorporating speed work into her workouts and realized she could run fast. Welcome to the show, Carrie.
6: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: So uh, you got to start by sharing your early memories of the Boston Marathon that you detailed in an email to me.
6: Yes. Well, I grew up in southern New Hampshire, um, but never really went to see the marathon. My parents are not runners. But one year we went down to Boston to see an ice skating show, and it just happened to be the day of the marathon. And so it was hours after the marathon had probably finished, but I saw all these people walking around in these weird, Mylar blankets, and I had no idea what was going on. I was probably 10 or so. And my parents explained to me that the marathon had been that day. And I think I kind of understood what that meant, but I really had no concept of what running 26.2 miles really was.
0: And I also have to say that I love that um, Boston had, you know, like an Ice Capades or whatever show that night because one of the previous guests was like, oh, yeah, and because it's Boston, we have to have a Red Sox game on Marathon Monday. And it's like, oh, yeah, just throw in some more things. Throw in some figure skating. Let's go go for it.
1: (laughs) Everything happens in Boston on Patriots Day. It does. (laughs) Uh, So, Carrie, tell us about your evolution as a runner. Uh, um, Sarah just said you realized you could go fast when you started incorporating speed work into your workouts after you turned 40. So what was your first marathon and tell us about how you um, chipped away at your time and ended up qualifying for Boston.
6: Yes. Well, my first marathon was in Cincinnati and I had run some smaller races, but I hadn't started running until I was in my twenties. I never really thought about pushing myself. I just liked to go out and run long because I didn't have to go fast. Uh, Mm -hmm. And there's not as much pressure in a marathon as there is in, um, in you know, a 5k or a 10k when you have to go really fast. And uh, so I ran that uh, first marathon, and I was a little over, I think it was about four hours 15, something like that. And a few months later, I moved to France, um, because Mm. that's where my husband is from, and I lived there for a few years, and took advantage of the fact that I was over there to run some international marathons. So I ran Mm. Paris um, six days before our wedding. And I also ran Berlin, Barcelona and Amsterdam. So those last two, Barcelona and Amsterdam, I finally broke um, four hours and I finished in 355 and change on both of those. But uh, it's funny because as I was training for all those, my husband, who would sometimes ride along on the bike, said I was like a metronome. It was nine minutes, Mm -hmm. 17 seconds per mile, never slower, (laughs) never faster. That's just my that was my internal speed at the time, I guess. Uh (laughs) But then uh, after having our son and slowly getting back into running a few years later, I think it was because I had a treadmill and I could just Mm. pop in a program where it would do all of the accelerating and hill work for me that I thought, wow, I, I really once I when I go out on my own, I can go faster because I've been working faster on the treadmill. So and my husband had always said to me, You could go faster. You just have to try and you have to practice. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think having some success at smaller races and, you know, getting an age category award, that pushed me too. And then I just decided to get really serious about it. Hmm.
0: Hmm. So, so I have to ask, I have often daydreamed about running the Paris marathon. Um, Tell us, let's take a little side journey and just kind of tell us like how it's different to run, you know, one of those races and of those four that you mentioned, um, what, what one really stands out most in your mind?
6: Well, I think Paris has to because I've lived and studied in Paris, and it's the city that I know the best of all of them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, before the race starts, you're you're in a huge just sea of people. There were I, I, probably about 30,000 people that year. It was 2007. And you're just hanging out on the Champs-Élysées and... <laughs> just soaking it all in. And I have a feeling that that I'll be doing a lot of soaking it in on Monday as well. I think the fact that it's just the sheer number of people. uh, Mm -hmm. I haven't been in such a big marathon in about 10 years, so that's exciting. But then anytime you do any big city marathon, you get to see the city in a way that you don't as a tourist so running mm-hmm. past those monuments uh, going into neighborhoods you wouldn't normally normally see it's such a different perspective and it goes by so much more slowly than if you were in a bus or something it's a really mm-hmm. special way to mm-hmm. discover a city
0: hmm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I daydream about it. Um, So, uh, so, so speaking of daydreaming, do you ever kind of, you know, think, oh, I wish I could turn back the clock and see and really have discovered your speedy, your speed as a younger person to really kind of, you know, open it up and see what you could have done?
6: Wow. Um, I, you know, I don't think so. (laughs) I was so (laughs) focused on dance as a child and all through high school, um, I really had no interest in running at all when I was growing up. I didn't think I could do it because I think like so many people, I started out super fast and then I couldn't maintain that for more than a minute or so. And then I think, oh my gosh, running's too hard. I can never do this. (laughs) Um, I know that I'm not at a level where I ever would have been able to be a professional so i don't feel like i i've missed out on a career that i could have had because i'm Mm -hmm. i know that i'm not that caliber um but Mm -hmm. i've loved the whole journey that i've been on and as i get older because i just turned 43 um i am more and more grateful every single time i get to go out and do this sport that i love so much
1: Mm -hmm. carrie how old is your child he is about to be eight in a month or so. And uh, remind us how you qualif- how and where you qualified for Boston.
6: Okay, so after my son was born in 2010, um, I did some smaller races and I did a couple half marathons. And then in 2015, I decided, all right, I'm going to go back and do a marathon, a full marathon again. And I did the Space Coast Marathon down in uh, coco florida which is a fabulous event um and that that went okay but it wasn't spectacular it was not a pr but i decided that if i really wanted to uh improve and get a pr and boston was still not really a realistic dream for me it was more of a pipe dream like oh that would be so great but i don't think it's gonna happen but I thought I really need to focus on it. So I changed my method of of training and, and really focused on speed work, bought a book um, that took me through everything. So then in 2016, um, my training for the same marathon, um, Space Coast, I I felt like I followed everything to a T because I'm, I'm very much a type A personality. If I have a training plan, I'm going to stick to it no matter what. Um, I was very fortunate. I stayed healthy. I did not get injured. uh, And I really felt like I had given it all I had. And so on race day, um, there's a certain comfort in that. I think you, you Mm -hmm. toe the line, knowing that there's nothing else that you could have done. And it was the Mm -hmm. first time that I ever ran with a pace team. And I think Mm -hmm. that had a lot to do with it too, because it took away some of the stress in the early miles of Um, trying to monitor my pace, you know, because it's so easy to start out fast. Um, I was able to stay in control of my pace in the early miles, and then get some motivation um, in the later miles as well. But uh, when I finished the, or when I crossed the finish line, I knew that I had about a six minute buffer um, faster than my qualifying time. Nice. And I, I just, I, I still have this very strong memory of thinking, Oh my gosh, this is what it feels like to qualify for Boston. And, um, it was just so exciting and I can't believe, I mean, it's, it's been a year and a half now that I've, since I've done that. And I can't believe that it's finally here now. I was not at all emotional about Boston until the last few weeks. And now I, you know, I'm reading all the books and, and looking at the history of it and watching the documentaries. And I just, it's, it's so hard to put into words how excited I am to be part of this huge legacy. It's more than just 26.2 miles. It's
1: being, it's being part of history. Totally is. And when you go there, you'll, you'll really, um, appreciate how the whole city really comes together and the incredible electric buzz that's around the expo mm-hmm. and all the runners that are there doing the same thing you are and their families there to support them. It really is an incredibly yeah. exciting journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh. Yeah. I mean the, the crowds were, I mean, I just think that I've, you know, I've, I've done New York. I've, I've rode in uh, the head of the Charles a number of times and I just think there's really nothing like the the spectators at Boston exactly. Marathon. It's just oh my gosh, the support and the enthusiasm and their their seeming deep knowledge of what is happening in front of their eyes is exactly. it's pretty spectacular. Yeah, yeah.
6: and yeah. I mean I have a friend that I went all through school with, and I don't think that I have seen her since we graduated from high school, and that was many many years ago, and you know just before starting this podcast with you I thought I'm gonna look at Facebook and she sent me a message she said all right I'll be out around Heartbreak Hill I'll be looking for you that's that's amazing I mean it's 20 years or more we haven't seen each other and yet she's gonna be out there not just for me just for the whole experience but yeah be sure that I'm gonna be looking for her and appreciating making that connection um after all these years because again it's it's more than
1: just a race. it's it's Boston. yeah, yeah, really exciting. So I'm curious about the um, Space Coast marathon you you ran and qualified in and that's in Florida that sounds to me like hot and humid and hard to run yeah. as does as you live in South Carolina, which also sounds hot and humid.
6: <laughs> it is. Oh my goodness, it's it's fairly miserable to run in the summer. It's good, really good uh, training. <laughs> It's like a sauna. Exactly. You know, I, when I've run, cause I've run the space coast the past three years and there are people around me who come from up North and they say, Oh my gosh, it's, it's horrible. And I'm thinking, Oh, it, this is not bad at all. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, I cause,
0: cause what time of year, what time of year is space coast? Is that like in December or it's something or no?
6: Sunday after Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah. So it's really great. Um, it starts out cool and it does get kind of warm, but not, unmanageably
0: so
1: that says says the southerner
0: exactly (laughs) yeah right right and i also love that before with one of the other guests we were talking about like oh it's so tough to train for a spring marathon you know she lived in the boston area and you're like fall marathons who would train for one of those (laughs) yeah
6: (laughs) well i'm lucky because because my husband is french we go to france every other summer so this past summer i was running in france all summer and it was just gorgeous The weather was cool and dry, and I got to practice on some hills, which we don't have much of in South Carolina, mm-hmm. at least in the part I, I'm from. So mm-hmm. that was good as well. How
1: did you How did you train for the hills for, for Boston? Did you uh, do bridges? Yes, that's
6: exactly what we do is bridges. Um, there's really nothing else that you can do. Um, treadmill can get you the uphills, but it doesn't help you with the downhills and that's so important for boston so i had a i have about a nine mile loop around uh, my downtown that takes me across two bridges and so usually i'll do the loop and then end at one of the bridges and do my last three four miles just going up and
0: over up and over very smart very smart wow wow uh no no parking garages for hills no (laughs) That, that was always I, I just you know uh, with the uh, with another mother runner over the years and just here I remember the first time I heard that I'm like you do what you do hill repeats at a parking this garage yeah I never <laughs> thought of that but no we don't we
6: don't have any parking garages so just bridges but it's beautiful you can't yeah. beat it I mean uh-huh. it's so
1: gorgeous yes. so yep. so Carrie yeah. in one of oh, your um, I think in your email you said that this might be your only Boston. And I'm curious about why that is.
6: Well, just because it's it's a lot logistically. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I used to live in Maine, and too bad I didn't qualify when I lived in Maine <laughs> because it would have been a lot easier. But uh, just logistically, because we turned this into a family vacation. Um, we, we moved down to South Carolina five years ago and have not been back to Maine since. So we... Oh. We arrived yesterday and we're visiting old friends and, and making a week of it because thank goodness this is my spring vacation um, from my job. Uh-huh. But uh, just uh, it's a lot logistically and financially. And I could, um, but I think that probably next year, because I did qualify again last November, I'm just going to think that I'm making somebody else very <laughs> happy who's going to have that spot <laughs> next year um, and maybe right. in another decade or so. We'll see. I'm never. I'm not going to say never. And probably uh-huh. if you ask me on Monday night, I'll say, yeah, I'm definitely coming back next year. <laughs> we'll
0: see. So, uh, so that's good. You're, you're up north. Are you, do you feel like your blood's getting thicker and you're, you're going to be ready for the weather on Monday? No, it's freezing here. I, uh, I knew you'd I say that. I
6: grew in New Hampshire and I always said I will never live in New England again because I'm always cold. I love New England, except I can't handle the cold. So. Uh yeah i've brought several different outfit choices lots of layers um Uh got went to goodwill and got some uh, throwaway clothes for the starting line but no i know i'm gonna be cold i just worry about my family because they're gonna be out um and not moving like i am so Uh
0: what's what's their plan for spectating
6: Um, well, we don't have too much of a concrete plan yet. We still have a couple days to work it out. Uh Um, you know, when we were doing some, when I was doing some of these European marathons, it was great because my husband and I, um, the night before we'd sit down with the map and we would map out where he would be. I'd usually write it on my hand, mile six, stay left, mile 12, (laughs) stay right. And he would be there. Um, but now with a point to point course, and a seven-year-old in tow, it's not quite as easy. So we still need to finalize that plan. But I know that they'll be out there cheering for me. Um, But I'm also very excited for them to see the front runners. I'm never going to see them. But they know (laughs) what a huge fan I am of Shalane and of Mm -hmm. Dina and uh, just everybody who's going to be there. So I'm excited that they're going to see them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's very, very nice of you to, to be thinking about them as, as the race draws closer. So, um, well, we are very excited for you and your, the um, experience you're going to have on Monday. It sounds like you're really going to do a wonderful job of soaking it up and taking it in. So so enjoy it.
6: I will. That is exactly what my goal is. People say, well, what kind of time do you want to do? I said, well, first of all, I don't know how I'm going to do on those hills. But second of all, I honestly don't care. It is all about the experience. This is my victory lap after all that hard work. I'm here to just enjoy it.
1: That's an that's, that's, that's an awesome that's attitude. Perfect. And hold on to that <laughs> all day. I'm gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, um, so have a great race, and the, and the same goes to everyone who's running or volunteering or spectating. Um, just have a really great time on Monday.
6: Thank you so much. And again, thank you to all of the volunteers who make this such a special experience, not just for the runners, but for all of the city of Boston and all of the, the people who come in to be part of it. It's wonderful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you.
1: Tish, we reached the end of our marathon recording session. It was a marathon recording session. I, I feel a little tired, Sarah, and hungry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, right. From from your comments. I, I I definitely know you must be hungry because you know you've missed a, at least a snack and perhaps a meal during this. But that was uh oh, got me so excited to talk to those women and just really uh oh, think think back as they were talking, you know, kind of envision where they'll be in different spots in the hills and all that stuff. So I'm really glad we did this show.
1: Yeah, it's exciting, and I'll I'll be following them along on Monday. And Sarah, I'm curious, does it make you want to run Boston again?
0: Uh <sighs> I, um, I really don't think I could qualify again. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I definitely feel I have, um, a limited number of marathons left in me, uh, physically, um, in terms of my body holding up. I don't know if you feel the same way. You, you, um, seem particularly resilient, but, um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs)
1: i i I would like to personally i I i'd like to qualify for boston and i like Uh, having done boston (laughs) (laughs) but the actual running of it Uh it it
0: it it,
1: it's a hard marathon you know it it is a a
0: really hard marathon thank you
1: it's an iffy weather day you go downhill Mm -hmm. for 16 miles and then you go uphill and Mm -hmm. you know everybody there is really really super fast and, and so it's it's pretty challenging
0: it is, oh, so it is.
1: Hats off to all these women who are doing it. Uh, good yeah. for them.
0: Yes, and they have a very, very special event waiting for the uh, experience waiting for them on Monday. But um, better them than me is what I'm thinking right about now. You <laughs> 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 so, can
1: just watch it on TV. <laughs> right, 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 right.
0: <laughs> um, well, let's head on over and hear um, from Dimity uh, in the Train Like a Mother corner.
4: Hello, hello, everybody. It's Dimity here with your Train Like a Mother Club Corner. I am keeping with a Boston Marathon theme, but not the Boston Marathon, a marathon near Boston, actually, who, which happened a couple weeks ago. It, it was out in Salisbury, and it was a looped course, six miles, I'm, excuse me, six miles loops of four miles, and completed by our very own Pat Brockman, who is a badass grandmother runner, if we ever knew one. Um, Pat had a lot of difficulty, um, a couple injuries, and um, other issues as she trained and trained and trained and trained, and she finally got to the starting line of her first marathon, and she finished it doing awesome. Um, and the best part is is the part that I want to read, which is not her running time and how strong and capable she looked, but what happened at the finish line. So um, she says that um, we, uh, okay, sorry, I just have to make sure I jump in in the right place here. Um, Okay, my ever faithful BRF was there at the finish line with a Tiffany box I had requested Ever since my friend Katie ran her Nike Women's Marathon in San Francisco in 2005 and got a Tiffany box presented to her by a handsome man at the end, I have dreamed of having a moment like that. Beau did not disappoint. Um, And I believe her husband is (laughs) Bo. Actually, I know it is. And um, there's this awesome picture of the two of them standing. um, She's holding up her box. She's holding up what looks like a beautiful silver pendant. And they've got their Run San Antonio shirts on. Um, And just a smile and the accomplishment is coming through the picture. So congratulations, Pat, on your 26.2 on finally getting that Tiffany Marathon pendant that you've been looking for and, um, for everybody else who's getting it done during these crazy weather days of early April. I'll see y'all next week. Bye.
0: All right, folks, maybe all this talk of Boston has you thinking about the future. Uh, so if so, we would love if you'd consider joining us for a retreat in 2019. We are planning on having four, count them four of them total with two being the current retreat format that we do now. And registration, not open yet for any of them, but want to get you contemplating them, particularly because now I've floated the idea that Tish might come to one of them. So further enticement. Um, so um, so we're going to have, we know for a fact that our traditional, quote unquote, traditional spring retreat is going to be in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, called by some the Portland of the Midwest. Uh, that's the first weekend in May, May 2 to 5, held in conjunction with the Eau Claire Marathon and Half Marathon. I'm headed to EC this year, uh in a couple weeks for the marathon to work the expo and scout out restaurants and our home base hotel, see some fantastic mother runners there. I'm really excited for that trip. Uh we're still deciding on the location for our fall retreat. Um if I was a betting woman, I would place um the odds are good that we will go back to Cape Cod, but um it's not set in stone. Um and, but we have landed on details of our first international retreat. It's going to be at Rancho La Puerta Fitness and Spa Resort in Mexico, just south of San Diego. The dates for that are February 2 to 6. It's going to be a smaller group event with a maximum of 20 guests. How do you say ooh in Spanish? Um, so uh, last but not least, we're working on plans for a nutrition-based retreat with TALAM Club nutritionist Ellie Kempton. Most likely that'll be in Denver in April. So I hope all of these details have you pumped up. Please consider joining us for a retreat next year. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon, by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles.